Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 123 of the Airplane Geek Show. And uh, we're sitting here in the PCD Umobile on a miserable, cold, and rainy Melbourne afternoon. But I'll tell you what, Grant, that doesn't really matter, does it? Because we've been doing something special today. Yeah, that's right. We've been hanging out at the Qantas 90th birthday celebrations down here in Melbourne. Last weekend, they were in Sydney on Saturday, where it rained. They were in Brisbane on Sunday, where it was fine. And now they're down here in Melbourne, where, hey, it's cold, it's wet, it's raining, and 300 foot overcast. Yep, and uh, it's just lucky that uh, we're driving along the road. And for those of you who uh, listen to uh, Plane Crazy Down Under, you'll know our controller's corner segment. And we nearly ran him off the road just going home from work. It's uh, Ben Epoleto. How are you, Ben? Oh, I'm good. And uh, it's been a very interesting day at work with uh, the weather in Melbourne being very ordinary. <laughs> I imagine it would have made it interesting bringing in the aircraft today. It did. Made it very interesting for Mr Travolta who took two attempts to get in because the cloud base was so low. Yeah, nothing quite like coming down and uh, your minima is 300 and the cloud base is 300. Oops. That's right. It's a bit too turbo for you. Yeah, it does sound a bit high bypass, doesn't it? But it's... And uh, folks, we're sitting here at the uh, threshold of Runway 34 at Melbourne Airport. Uh, we've just seen actually John Travolta's 707 taxi out again. We were kind of surprised to see it go out again so quick. He's only been on the ground here a couple of hours. But uh, that noise you can just hear in the background, we're just speculating whether that might actually be uh, his plane departing. And I'm not exactly sure that he'll be in it. His crew was talking about, I think, having a rest in Honolulu on the way back. So we're not really sure. But uh, uh, a couple of interesting things we saw here today. Um, of course, Qantas is down here doing their, uh, their big media PR thing. And of course, uh, as we reported last week, it, it just hasn't been a great week. And all the journalists, all the mainstream journalists want to talk about is engine problems and engine problems. And we hear, in fact, on the news this morning, they've had another engine problem with a uh, 767, we think, coming from Perth or somewhere yes, over that way right. and uh, so uh, naturally the press conference with Alan Joyce tended to focus on all that so we'll just play a couple of clips of uh, how a press conference goes. Mr Joyce knowing that you've had this big event on today what was going through your head when you first heard that the 767 coming from Perth was having engine troubles? Well I have to say that that issue of the 767 was a minor issue it's not um, a significant issue and uh, the pilots had a vibration on the engine decided to make a turn back to Perth. That's actually a demonstration of good safety practice. And hundreds if not thousands of these type of things will happen on airlines around the world every year. And it is nothing major. We apologize for the inconvenience caused to passengers, but the passengers were put on the next flight out. And this is not a significant issue and it shouldn't be regarded in any way as one. Alan, have you been able to determine what in fact happened though on the flight? Uh, we, we, um, the, the engineers have looked at the aircraft. These are, these are highly technical pieces of equipment. There are problems that can occur in these equipment. This is a vibration. It wasn't an engine failure. It wasn't anything significant that the, uh, as in the QF32. This should be regarded as a minor issue, and I think um, I'd ask people to, to put it in that context. These would happen hundreds, if not thousands of times around the world each year. So would you typically turn back, or do you think you acted over-cautiously in the wake of what's happened with the three I Actually, I think the Qantas pilots always will act over-cautiously, and we expect them to do that. Now, I actually applaud what they do. They're always going to be cautious in what they do. They brought this aircraft back to the base. Uh, some other airlines may have gone on. Qantas will never do that. We always put safety as a number one priority, and I think the, the pilots did absolutely the right thing. And the big thing here from Alan is that they're going to repair the A380 that had the incident out of Singapore. That, like Qantas Flight 1, the 747-400 that went off the end of the runway in Bangkok, 
they're going to repair the aircraft and keep it flying. It's not going to be written off. I guess maybe they don't want to be the first people to write off a uh, jet in Qantas's history, but uh, from what we're hearing, there's some pretty serious damage done to that aircraft. So uh, like wing spar and hydraulics and so on that all have to be rebuilt. So it's, it's going to take a bit of effort, but uh, I guess maybe Rolls-Royce will be picking up the bill on that one. So we were very lucky here uh, just to, towards the end of proceedings to uh, score a very quick interview with uh, Juan Serrano. He's the chief pilot for uh, John Travolta's flying outfit and uh, here's a quick clip of what he had to say. Really interesting stuff. Uh, Juan, if you could tell us uh, about your aviation background and how you come to be flying the 707 with John Travolta. I was 18 years old, started flying uh, first officer in a 707 freighter out of Miami. And uh, You were flying, flying first officer at 18? At 18 years old. Excellent. So I was lucky, got a good job. Uh, and build a lot of 707 experience. I became a captain at that airline, and uh, when John needed a pilot, I was happy to come on board. Cool. Okay, so uh, how long have you been flying the 707 with John? Uh, it's been five years since I've been with John. I've been a chief pilot for the last three, but uh, I've been flying it for two before that. Okay. Do you fly any other aircraft as well with him? I do. I fly his Gulfstream. He also has a G2, yep. and I spent some time flying that. Okay. Cool. So uh, how is this, how is it keeping the 707 in the air? How, a bit of effort to keep it flying? Oh, she's great. She's a 1964 model, rolled out of Boeing, painted just like you see her. Yeah. So she's got some time on her, and uh, she flies terrific. She, you know, all her systems work. She has some some upgrades that allow her to comply with the modern regulations of things like RVSM and things yeah. of that sort. But uh, she's a good girl. She keeps, uh, she behaves, and she works good and uh, cool. takes good places. Now that's running JT8Ds. No, these are JT3-1s. Ah, oh, Steve wins. I won that Steve day. wins. <laughs> I thought they were JT8s. Yeah, okay. it's, the, it's the first generation of the JT3B engines. Okay. Um, you know, if you remember the 707-300 model has a little bit of an upgraded version. Yeah. Uh, but these are 17,000 pounds of thrust. Okay. Uh, and they're the first generation of JT3s. Okay. Have they been, they've been hush-kitted, yeah? They have been hush-kitted for stage two. You'll see them a little different in configuration than they originally yep. came out. Uh, but the airplane takes a performance degradation to comply with stage yeah. three. Uh, so we're actually full stage three compliant. Okay, so you can pretty much go anywhere at the moment. Anywhere, anywhere okay. in the world. And how much time does uh, John spend, a, you know, how much tick time does he get on a trip? He gets quite a bit. Uh, we actually have to ask him for landings because he wants to take them all. <laughs> uh, he does He does most of the flying. I'd say 80% of the flying John does, and he's uh, quite a good pilot. Okay. And uh, the approach in here to Melbourne today, obviously, uh, full IMC. It's uh, not been a great day weather-wise. Uh, had it all right, no problem, coming it's, up runway uh, 27. It was actually 300 overcast. We broke out right at minimums, <laughs> and we were on localizer, on glide, slope, on speed. John was flying, and he made a great, great approach. And as you can, as you probably know, this thing does not have an autopilot that can shoot an approach, <laughs> so it's all hand-flown. Yeah. We have to pedal it, as they say. <laughs> well, that's an interesting question I was going to ask you about. The level of technology on the aircraft, Is you sort of kept it basically as it was, or have you sort of got a lot more of the digital avionics in there these days? We have an FMS, which helps us on the long-range navigation. We have digital altimeters, which allow us to comply with uh, with RVSM uh, criteria. But other than that, she's steam gauges, um, what they say. You know, we don't have any EFIS display at all, nothing electronic. It's all the old pointers and needles. Okay, Juan, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say for our listeners? We've got no. people here in Australia and the U.S. I tell you, we love being here in Australia. This is terrific. I mean, the hospitality here has been great. Everybody seems to really appreciate the airplane and what we do with her, and that's uh, that's comforting to see. Yep. Excellent. Now it's beautiful to see the old Qantas livery still flying, and thank you very much for helping keep her in the air. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, so I tell you what, uh, Grandma was, um, you know, the only disappointing thing about this is they made us give us our media badges back. I was a bit disappointed nah, about that. You want, it was labelled Qantas 90th birthday and all that, and the lanyards, you were hanging to 
keep that, weren't you? Yeah, you've got far more media uh, passes hanging up in your office than I got in mine. <laughs> but, uh, uh, big thanks to Qantas for allowing us to come in and walk around with all the uh, journalists. It was uh, was quite an experience, and uh, we got some fantastic access. We got a lot of photos. As soon as I can get them processed, we'll put them up on the site and up on our Facebook page. And uh, Ben, uh, what's that for you? You've got a few days off, or are you going to be uh, out here navigating uh, this horrible weather for the pilots later on? No, the, the skies will be safe for the next couple of days, but then I'm uh, back training next week uh, oh. on my new couple of uh, sectors. So uh, hopefully I'll be have them all signed off in a couple of weeks and I'll be uh, in a new little bit of airspace. Yeah. Cool. Well, we apologise for trying to run you off the road when we saw you, mate, but, uh, you know, we, we probably shouldn't drive on the footpath so much, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, no more dangerous than anybody else who drives up this road looking at the aeroplanes instead of the road. Oh, that would be me going past Essendon today. There was a BAE 146 parked out in front of uh, Executive. I was like, whoa, what? Oh, drive, drive, drive. <laughs> and this is why I drive us everywhere when we go on outings. So that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk, folks. I'm going home to get a towel. I'm drenched in all this rain. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. And he's ATC Ben. Cheers, folks.